This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 78 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Tara Kremen all about how to sell more ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo. But first, to last week's question, which was Do you plot pants or plants? Scott Kavanagh said whether I plot pants or plants depends on what writing course I have tried that week, which did make me giggle. (laughs) Maybe you don't need to have a set defined way and you can just go with however the story feels. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Carrie said, I'd say I plants. I skinny draft as an outline and a lot of things change because it's so bare bones. Amy said, I plot pretty detailed outlines slash scene maps. I tend to take the overall action of the scene or section and break it down into individual elements I want to include and check them off as I go. But it's in pencil, so it can always change. Tom Fowler said, plants. I think most people are somewhere in the middle of that uh, pants slash plot spectrum. There are a few uh, all the way at each end, but not many. My novel outlines are three to four pages and each scene gets one to three sentences. That's the plotting, turning one to three sentences into something between 300 to 2000 words is the pantsing. Ian said he plantses, and Kevin J. Fellow said, uh, iterative planter. I plot a rough summary, write, revise, plot, rinse, repeat. And I love this because I think I'm inclined to agree with Tom that most people are somewhere in between. And I also think that the more books we write, the more our processes refine. And for some people, that means they end up swinging one way or the other. For others, that means that they decide not to have a process and it changes depending on the story. I think for me, I am probably slightly more of a plotter than not. Um, I have tried both ways and the way that gets me to finish books more effectively is to plot. Now, when I say plot, I don't have like, you know, thousands and thousands of words but I do have scene outlines I know about the theme I have information about the characters um and yeah I am I am not going to say too much about my process because I am in the process of changing and iterating my process um but I think if once I've done a couple of books like this I may have to talk about it because I think it's an amazing new way of doing things and yeah so I'm super excited This week's question is, what are your quarter two goals? And I will talk about mine in a second when we do like the personal update. The book recommendation for the week this week is How to Make a Living with Your Writing by Joanna Penn. It is a fantastic book, chocked full of information, like mindset information, uh, strategy, all about how to make a living with your writing and... I was quoted. So, you know, I'm all blushing and very honoured to have been uh, quoted in her book. So, yeah. Okay, personal update this week. If you missed the Q&A, the live Q&A with Mark Lefebvre on wide marketing, then you can either go into the Facebook group to um, get it, which is the Rebel Authors Facebook group, or you can go onto my YouTube and... um, 
I've posted up like a live replay, which I've just sort of snipped and edited. So it's got the main uh, questions. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes. So as we approach the end of quarter one, uh, <laughs> I have been reflecting on quarter one's progress, which was not great. I will be honest. I have <laughs> like my... I don't know, six goals that I had, I've done one. And that one was not a business one. So my goal was to read 26 books. And I've read 28, which is uh, amazing. Um, But it's not getting me any books finished. To be fair, I wasn't anticipating side characters to run as long as it has. I'm now at 67, I think, and a half thousand words, which is about 27 and a half thousand words over what I thought it would be. So understandably, the book is almost double and probably will be double the length that it was. So essentially, I have written another book. Uh, But that still does not make me happy because I wanted to finish the fucking thing. So quarter two is very much going to be uh, full of finishing energy for me. I have to finish side characters and the workbook. I've got Trey and Sirens, which need editing. Um, I've got two box sets that need sorting out um, and uh, an audiobook that I'm almost halfway through recording. So yeah, it's all going to be about finishing, 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 so that come quarter three, I am launching and I am uh, also starting new things. So yes, it's going to be a tough quarter, this next one for me, uh, but I must, must, must get this stuff finished. <laughs> so yes, As always, another mention about the Rebel Author Diaries anthology. Submissions are now open and will be open until the 30th of June. If you have any questions, please do feel free to email me uh, and you can find out more about the anthology at sashablack.co.uk forward slash rebel submissions. The Rebel of the Week this week is Lynn Wham and what an awesome surname you have. Lynn says, when I was younger, I was struggling like many of us do to figure out who I was. I found others were fast to decide for me and shove me into a box that suited and made sense to them. One day at school, I mentioned to a friend wanting to buy a new pair of Vans, the chunky trainer shoe rather than the slip-on ones. My friend laughed at me. I was confused and self-conscious. She kept laughing and told me it was ridiculous. They weren't me and I wasn't going to buy a pair. I walked away confused, strangely upset and unsettled. I brought the shoes. They were comfy and the laces didn't need tying. A big win. A few years later, I was thinking of getting my nose pierced. A couple of friends were getting their belly buttons done, so I asked to go along. The same friend laughed and said I would never do it, it just wasn't me. I was indignant, upset and argued back, but she remained convinced that I'd never do it. I didn't get my piercing to spite her, I got it because I wanted it, but also to remind me of something. I am who I am, not how it suits other people to think of me. If I do something that rocks you, well, you shouldn't have confined me to your labelled box to begin with. I no longer have that friend, though I wish her well. I still have the shoes and I have my nose stud, lipsticks in every colour and I even got the pixie cut I always wanted in my 20s. But most importantly, I have the knowledge that I am strong, that I know who I am and that I won't uh, fold myself up to fit inside another person's box. I adore this story. 
I think that this kind of gaslighting like behavior, this kind of bitchy put downs, people don't realize how detrimental what they're saying can be. It is so easy to judge and so easy to pass comment. And we all do it. I am, I know I have done it in the past, but we do need to check ourselves every once in a while. Just because something doesn't, you know, agree with our morals or standards doesn't mean that it isn't something that would make somebody else happy. And frankly, if it makes somebody else happy, then, you know, what right do we have to question that? Unless you're stabbing someone in the face, in which case, you know, I'm going to judge you. So yeah, I absolutely adore this story. And I love that it's led to empowerment as well. If you would like to be a rebel of the week, then please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, big, small, or somewhere in between. You can email your rebel story to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod. One new patron this week, welcome and a huge thank you to Noelle Davidson. And I also want to say thank you to Heather, who recently upped her pledge and has now joined us in the Rebel Slack group. And of course, a gigantic thank you to all my existing patrons. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content, then you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. This episode is sponsored by Kobo Writing Life, so I'm going to play a quick word from the sponsor, and then we're going to talk to Kobo themselves. Hi, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Joni. And we're from the Kobo Writing Life podcast. Kobo Writing Life is Kobo's free, fast and easy self-publishing platform. KWL was built by authors for authors, and our team of dedicated book lovers is always working hard to help authors reach new readers around the world. If you're looking for some tips on growing your indie publishing business this year, the Kobo Writing Life podcast is a great resource. We've talked to authors big and small, and they always have something to teach us. One of my favorite episodes from recent months was our conversation with Karen Slaughter, who's a best-selling crime author with years of experience. She discussed with us her career, delved into what makes a great crime novel, and she talked about the double standards imposed on female crime writers. Karen also told us about her nonprofit, Save the Libraries, and provided some great advice for aspiring authors. In episode 200, we interviewed Kobo CRM marketing manager Christina Mendez about marketing your books on a global scale. She provided tips for global messaging, the importance of being universal but not generic. She discusses the different tactic Kobo uses to market ebooks and audiobooks and explains how the Kobo recommendations algorithm works. My favorite part of the interview is when Christina shares her insights about what makes the Kobo customer unique. Spoiler alert, the Kobo customer is a voracious reader and they're constantly reading. They love to read long series and the most popular genres are romance and thrillers. If you want to learn more about Kobo Writing Life or our podcast, check out our blog and find us on social media. You can find our podcast on all podcast providers. If you're ready to start your self-publishing journey, you can create your free account at kobo.com slash writing life. Bye Rebels. Hello and welcome back to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today I am joined by Tara Kremen. Tara is the director of Kobo Writing Life for English Language. Tara is responsible for the overall author experience on Kobo Writing Life, from optimizing current features to looking for new avenues of growth. As a subject matter expert in all aspects of indie publishing, her aim is to make KWL the greatest and most user-friendly self-publishing platform available. 
Tara has worked for KWL since the inception and was previously responsible for content operations. Combining technical expertise with an in-depth knowledge of the self-publishing community, she loves talking to authors and using direct feedback to make improvements that benefit the whole user base. You can sometimes hear her as a guest host on the Kobo Writing Life podcast and can reach her um, with all of the links that I will put in uh, to the show notes for all of the listeners. So welcome. Thank you very much, Sasha. Delighted to be here. No, it's an honour because I've I've gotten to speak to a couple of people in Kobe before, and so it's always lovely to get to speak to somebody um, new. And obviously, we've had plenty of contact, sort of in the background and all that digital stuff. Um, so tell me and tell everyone listening a little bit about you um, before we get started. Like, how did you come to work for Kobo? And the important question, because whenever I've spoken to other um, Kobo staff, I've always asked the same question. Are you also a writer or just a reader? Or yeah, tell me about you. Uh-huh. Okay, I will do. Um, my mom thinks I'm a writer. That's what she tells people I do, which is quite <laughs> funny because I don't think she really understands my job at all. Um, <laughs> so I have to keep <laughs> correcting her. But yeah, I can I can get to that. But so um, I'm originally from Ireland and um, I've been in Canada for almost nine years now. Um, and like we were just discussing prior, I spent some years in England as a child as well. So I kind of grew up a little bit all over the place. Um, but I've always really loved books and um, my background is in American literature and film. So I kind of always leaned toward American and North American storytelling. Um, I kind of think I was a bit of a romantic in my literary interests. And as many people in their early 20s do in university, I was really drawn to the beat writers. Um, I really dug the stream of consciousness prose and, you know, um, combining poetic um, writing with, um, you know, sometimes nonsensical uh, content uh, was something that I was kind of into. Um, So that was sort of my, uh, like, academic background. Um, And just always been very interested in books and technology. My dad is always um, a mad gadget guy. He is the person that has the gadgets first that, you know, often don't make it to market much longer than that. Um, Like we used to have this game that was not a CD-ROM game, but it was like a CD game that was this Japanese one that never made it to market, but we played it as kids because he was just obsessed. Um, So growing up, always liked technology and like liked how books merged with technology. So I moved to Canada to kind of um, as a a want to live that big city life because um, Ireland is wonderful, but it's kind of uh, one big small town, <laughs> which is delightful, but I wanted to, um, you know, have my sort of big city uh, experience. So Toronto is where I ended up and that kind of really suited me. And um, I started at Kobo kind of just as a, a front line for their new self-publishing service that had just launched. Um, I think it was launched maybe two weeks before I actually joined. I was brought on um, as a temp to help with a device launch. Um, and they were like, hey, you like books and your background is in literature. Like, do you want to help authors? And I was like, cool. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Um, so started like answering emails. Um, and then that really made me interested in the technology behind digital books. So the more and more I learned about like conversions and things like that, like I wanted to be the person that was on the other end, like cracking open the EPUBs and like fixing the issues. Um, so I did that. I moved on to the content team and sort of like gathered a lot of information there and um have kind of um, joining the Kobo content team was amazing in one sense because 
uh, it surrounded me with like-minded people and as somebody that moved to a new city and they slowly became all of my friends that I had in Canada, which was really wonderful. Um, and as I'm not coming from a traditional publishing background, which many people that work for Kobo do have, um, I kind of felt like uh, I kind of cheated my way into things slightly, um, that I was able to learn the publishing industry from working in the publishing industry, which is kind of a really non-traditional way to go about it. Um, so I'm very grateful that I was able to kind of get that from Kobo and kind of just wanted to take that learning and see how I could apply it to the indie community, um, having spent so much time like dealing with authors directly as well. So sort of like a, a 360 look at everything, um, I think, which makes it a good... Um, fit for like where the team is going now and what we're doing with um Cobo Writing Life and then to answer your question about being a writer so like I said my mom thinks I'm a writer she's she's always telling me about how her story would be great if somebody would write it down and I'm like I okay one day <laughs> like um but no I'm not traditionally myself um I think maybe I'll have a story someday um I'm kind of working with authors is actually makes it a little harder because I'm at, in awe of how much writing and how good the writing is that people do. Um, so it's not discouraging, but I think it kind of makes me want to make sure that if I ever do write something, that it's something that I genuinely like believe in and have the time for. Mm -hmm. um, like I journal a lot and stuff like that. And uh, I've tried Nano a couple of times. I've done it like three times now and I've never quite hit the 50,000. But um, the most I got in one NaNoWriMo was uh, 25,000. So it's it's really like an interesting um, thing to do, um, and I like Nano because it really puts me in the in the the seat of authors, um, and kind of gives me the awareness of how terrifying a blank page is. Um, but no, so not a writer myself, but just a big book fan and like somebody that has admiration for people that live their lives doing something so creative. So, because I have seen, I'm I'm sure I'm not making this up, but Kobo, like a lot of the Kobo staff do nano, don't they? I'm sure I've oh, seen yeah. photos of you guys all around desks with like paper everywhere and stuff. Or, yeah, we do. We, we call it Kobo Rimo. We do it every year, and uh, I think we have twenty. We had twenty people this year, and the prizes were Kobo devices if they hit the fifty thousand words, and three people did it no way that's amazing that's so yeah, I love that and just I'm taking I'm guessing that Kobo is encouraging you guys to 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 do it I think that's so oh, cool absolutely like when we were in the office so like we're all working remotely right now but I think it was the year before last when we did Kobo Rimo, we booked a meeting room at lunchtime every day so it was a place where people could go and sit and write and just be silent but around you know it's nice encouragement around other people um but there was one day that we were there and uh I must have missed the invite to lunch, but I was like the only person on a Friday. And I was like, this is great. Like I just eat my lunch and be on my own and it's fine. And uh, in walks Michael Tamlin, who is the CEO of Kobo and he's doing NaNoWriMo and he just sits across from me and just like, oh, we're going to write today. And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's just writing his book and I'm writing my book. And you're just like, this is just so cool. Like where would you ever just get to have this interaction? Even though it's like a very silent um, like thing that we did, but it was just really nice. I think that's amazing because, you know, like I've pretty much only ever worked in very corporate stuffy, stuffy places where they would never do anything so exciting as that. I, I Yeah, it just makes me love Kobo like even more that you do such cool things like that. And you also throw really amazing parties. But that's a whole nother story. Um, OK, so. I miss those. Yeah, I know. I just miss people. Um, I know. Well, one thing I wanted to ask before we dive into um, all of the new and exciting things that Kobo are doing. Um, um, you mentioned um, 
like the very interesting like lyrical prose and then nonsensical stuff um uh, from your degree do you have any like recommendations I always like to throw recommendations out for listeners just because I thought that sounded quite interesting so yes um I sorry testing you now testing you I have (laughs) I don't know I'm looking for the book let me uh just pull up sorry sorry no this is terrible audio don't worry Oh, well, I mean, like Kerouac is always very good. I find myself, I used to read On the Road every year. Um, I would reread it. And it was very interesting to me to have like a um, a view into it. Like, you know, when you're 25, you don't read it the same way as you were mm-hmm. 20, et cetera, um, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, as I've gotten older, I guess <laughs> that sort of uh, romanticism is less interesting, but I've just grabbed my Kobo. So Yes, recommendations that I would definitely have. So there is one, um, she is a Toronto author called um, Kyo McClear, and uh, that's K-Y-O, and her book is called Birds Art Life. And uh, I don't think this is like, (laughs) it's not nonsensical at all, but it's kind of this, it's this nonfiction, but it's kind of mixes prose in with it, where it's kind of like part memoir, part meditation. It's about how she discovers bird watching after, going through the grieving process and how it kind of helped her get out of a creative funk that she just goes bird watching around Toronto and uh, she just writes really really lyrically beautiful passages about it Mm -hmm. and so that would definitely be one that I recommended this is a book that I've I've given it away at least four times (laughs) and I'm just like it's it's a very nice gift Um, yeah and the other book that I would recommend is an Irish writer and um I'm going to really shame myself now because I'm not going to be able to pronounce her name properly, even though it's Irish. Um, Dorian Negriatha, um, and it's called A Ghost in the Throat. And I believe it is her debut, um, but it's this kind of, um, yeah, it's a prose debut. It's kind of an essay mixed with autofiction, and it's about, like, um, a seven in the 1700s, an Irish noblewoman, um, like, writes this poem after discovering her husband's been murdered but then it's cuts to present day where a woman encounters the poem and then it kind of interacts with like the past and the future and it's very kind of a non-linear um uh timeline of things so yeah I would definitely recommend that I was able to get my hands on a signed copy um there's this great little indie um bookshop called kenny's.ie in Ireland and they do worldwide shipping and for some of these um his releases are sorry now I'm just blabbering on about books but um <laughs> the release schedules you know yourself how uh, traditional publishers often don't release things for months and months in North America um so this book I don't believe is out yet in Canada so I've had to rely on um Kenny's bookshop from Galway and they do free global delivery and they're really fast and like yeah they're just this little bookshop that's existed for like 90 years so I would recommend that so that Those would be amazing. my two records. I'll I'll send you the links to them. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I am obsessed with prose, so I'm very interested to to go and um have a look at as you know, particularly because it's lyrical. I love like dissecting prose and seeing what I can learn. So, okay, Kobo have recently launched uh like an audio book arm slash platform uh, for indie authors where they can upload uh, their audiobooks direct to your platform. So could you talk a little bit about that platform and maybe like the key things that authors, uh, indie authors need to know about it? Yeah, absolutely. So the audiobook platform is part of Kobo Writing Life. 
Um, so it's within your account itself. So we really wanted to make it an easy upload process, um, just basically allowing authors with finished audiobooks to publish them onto our store and our partner stores as easily as they can do with an ebook. So the process is actually, um, I think, somewhat easier than ebooks. It's all in one page. You can drop it down. And uh, we do everything in house. So we handle all of the files and all of the processing. So we find that um, we say that books are published between like 27, uh, sorry, 24 to 72 hours. Um, but more often than not, they're actually processed within 24 hours, um, which for audiobooks is very, very quick turnaround because um, given the size of the files, um, when you're coming through an aggregator, they can be a lot slower to upload them. Um, so that's just something that um, we're kind of very proud of that we were able to do it all in-house um, and able to design the whole thing. Um, there, we offer pre-orders um, with no end stage. So you can set pre-orders for your file. It's super easy to like just drag and drop the files themselves with the audio. And um, when we were testing it out before we launched, like one of my favorite features, which um, is just kind of goes back to the cracking open the manuscripts. I just like, I like some of the technical aspects is that um, but like one recommendation is always to like list your files per chapter. Um, so when you drop them in, um, all you have to do is reorder the files and that actually creates your table of content for your audiobook. Um, so that's very important with an audiobook that you have uh, good navigation for the author, uh, for the customers to be able to listen to them. And uh, one thing Kobo learned when we actually moved into audiobooks is that uh, we're working on it right now with um, the W3C, but there's actually no overall rule for the format of table of contents or audiobooks like there's nothing that's formalized in the same sense as, um, that there is from digital books it's kind of a lot of it has carried over from cds um you'll see like cds being digitized and they'll still have breaks to you know enter next cd turn this over etc um so it was nice to be able to ensure that we can create these files that have like a really um listenable table of content um, and that it's kind of uh, good for the overall customer experience. Um, and then one of the other good features about it is that we allow you to control your pricing in the 16 currencies. So these are the same currencies that you can set your ebook pricing in. Um, so you'll be able to set them. You can set an audiobook for free if you would like to, um, but you can set them in all of those areas. Um, and just basically wanting to give indie authors as much control over their audiobooks as possible. Um, so a couple of um, additional questions. I actually slotted in a pricing question later, uh, which I did. Ah. I forgot to send you. Um, but uh, so is the audio tab like the promotions tab in that authors need to email to ask for access to that? Or is it being rolled out automatically into accounts? Because I know when I checked uh, like a couple of days ago, because I'm um, literally recording, uh, I'm narrating my own nonfiction. So and I'm aiming, actually, I don't know if I want to say it out loud not too much longer suffice to say and I will be wanting to upload direct to you guys um and so yeah I did go and check the other day and I know that I don't have access so I'm just I was wondering like is that something we apply for is it something that's being rolled out how is that working yeah all you have to do is ask me onto your podcast and I can give you access <laughs> no I'm just I'm just kidding um no it's it's considered in beta at the moment um I'll okay. definitely add it to your account um, so it is very similar to the promotions tab where we're just kind of adding it um, on request. Uh -huh. And just as we're building it, it's not quite finished. Um, we want to make sure that um, it's kind of um, as good as it can be before we roll it out. But we will um, be rolling it out shortly. Um, so 
I don't want to also give a timeline, but it will be yeah. this year that it'll just automatically uh, be okay. available to all authors. Yeah, perfect. Okay. No, I just wanted to clarify because um, I, indies turn things around so quickly um, yeah. that you know I just wanted to make sure that um, if everybody knew how to get access to it if they if they wanted it. Um, yeah, just just send send the team an email at writinglife@kobo.com and ask for audio, and we'll, we'll add it for you. Perfect. So, like. I mean, you've sort of talked about the platform. I mean, what are the basic steps to publishing with Kobo, like audio with Kobo? What what kind of information do people need? Um, Do you guys have any specifications that um, perhaps other platforms don't have or anything that um, they might need to like take into account when doing audio? Yeah, so one thing that I would definitely... um recommend is really paying attention to your metadata when it comes to audio. Um, You'll notice if you browse the Kobo website that we will automatically link your eBooks and audiobooks. So to give that customer kind of like, here's the option, like it's in audio or it's in um, just a digital eBook. Um, But we can't do that unless the metadata is exactly the same for your eBook and your audiobook. So making sure that the title doesn't have an accidental space or um, you know, sometimes people have um, a series that has the and then they forget the the in another one. So um, I would just definitely go through things with a fine tooth comb to make sure that your uh, metadata, your metadata is all um, correct. Um, that, that would be sort of a, a big takeaway for me. Um, and then I would also say, so you don't have to um, have a different cover image for your audiobooks. Some people like to produce like an audio specific cover, but I think you can just kind of make a version of your own book. Um, But so if you have just, um, so our audiobook covers are square, so they kind of really suit uh, a phone um, because that's where we have our audiobooks is on our um, Apple and Android um, apps that are downloaded, uh, you can download them for free. Uh, It's also a really handy app because it has the eBooks and audiobooks are all in one place. So, um, um, and Kobo Plus in the areas where that is. Uh, so it's quite good and easy for the reader. Um, but so that's why they're square. So um, as you can imagine with the regular sort of book covers, they're more rectangle. So if you don't have a square image, um, you can actually upload it and we will do what we call letterboxing and make it smaller for you. Um, but I would recommend maybe just like taking the time to try and just to make sure that your image does look good square because you don't really want to stretch it out because um, I do think the the cover is like your main feature of like selling your book. Um, so that would be something not to overlook because um, yeah, I feel like some audio authors are kind of like, I already have a cover. So why, why would I think twice about it? And um, yeah, you don't necessarily need to like pay to create a brand new one, but I would just like have a look and maybe test it out to see what it actually looks like. Um, and then in terms of specs, uh, I'm not too sure what the, the specs are for, um, like we, we accept like MP3 and MP4 mm-hmm. files, I believe. Um, and it's very similar about the board to, to anything else that um, you would find in any other audio retailer. Perfect. And okay, I'm going to throw another question at you. I'm so sorry. And so if you don't have the yeah. answer to this, that's absolutely fine. Um, but in term, what is popular in terms of audio, like in terms of genre? Um, do you know, perchance, what is popular on, on Kobo this year? Yeah, um, it's kind of, I can definitely talk about what's been popular this year, but I think it's hard to, um, it's hard to gauge overall trends because this year was so heavy on political releases. So mm. nonfiction did very well. There was a lot of 
memoirs there was a lot of things like that coming out um so that's not to say that next year we'll see the same um kind of giant surge um in terms of non-fiction I think non-fiction definitely lends itself to audio because um mm. like you mentioned that the authors can do their own narration being like the subject matter experts um but what's really interesting I think in terms of independent publishing is that when I look at the different sales trends that we have at Kobo well so one thing to to kind of gauge is Kobo being a global retailer um the trends definitely vary from country to country so um, I'm kind of generalizing. Um, that's not to say in France, they don't read something completely different to what they're reading in Australia, for instance. But um, in general, um, nonfiction um, in terms of like, uh, quote unquote, like traditionally published books does really well. And then their romance audiobooks are really like a small slice of things. But when you look at the um, independent books being published, it's completely flipped around the romance of the majority of books that we're selling on audio and especially um, sci-fi and fantasy are doing really well. And I think it's kind of twofold is that that's what a lot of our independent authors are writing. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's what is missing. Like there's a gap in the market where um, they're not, you know, your traditional publishers aren't necessarily rushing to get their um, backlist romance titles transferred to audiobooks so I think there's definitely um, movement in the market for that. And in terms of pricing are there any sort of price points that you see that are working better? I mean pricing generally uh, is it for Kobo is it based on like the number of hours are you seeing any trends like talk to me and talk to listeners about pricing and how they should like choose their price point because you've mentioned that you know we have more flexibility uh mm-hmm. on Kobo so how do they price sure um and I guess it's important to maybe highlight the royalties that we have for Kobo writing life when you're direct um publishing with us so anything that's um priced above 2.99 is going to receive 45% royalties and anything that's priced below that is going to receive 35% royalties. And then if a book has been redeemed with a token, so if a, you know when a customer signs up for a monthly subscription, they get one free book a month. So if they use this token on your book, that's 32%. Um, so just to keep those in mind as like the main kind of um, royalty ranges. Um, and in terms of pricing, I chat to our, our audiobook merchandiser about this and her kind of main takeaway is to at least price the point of the subscription for the month because the customer wants to know that they're getting the value if they are going to use that token. Um, that's not to say that you can't kind of dive in under the, so I think it's um, $12.99 in Canada for the subscription, I believe it's $9.99 in the States. So that's kind of something to keep in mind, just like have a look on our store and see what's there because um, you want to be able to tell the customer that their token is worth your book. It's worth the price that they're paying per month for, for that book. Um, so I think that's something definitely to keep in mind. Um, and then also that traditionally published books are, are still like coming in priced incredibly high. Um, I mean, like, I know Obama is Obama and he's like going to sell his audiobook regardless, but uh, his audiobooks, it was $60 like for, for an audiobook. Like that's so much money. Um, Shut the front door. <laughs> I am yeah. gobsmacked. $60? Are you, that's madness. Who the bloody hell is going to pay $60 for an audiobook? Really? Oh my goodness me. I'm like, I know. I know it's Obama, but I mean, like, really? 
that is that is i am shook i am shook at that (laughs) so that's that's sort of what you're seeing with with these really like front list bombshell books are being priced very very high um so i think there's a great opportunity for indies to come in right in the middle mark and to not undervalue their books because again like if you're pricing sort of in the same realm as like an ebook, if you're going to price it to the $3.99, $4.99, a customer might just be like, why would I like, this is probably not great because I've been trained to think of audiobooks as really expensive. Um, So I would say like definitely around the monthly subscription price point, if not a bit higher. And um, one thing to note as well with um, Kobo is that on our main store, um, on the product page on Kobo.com of any book, it actually tells you, um, we estimate the amount of minutes and uh, length of time it would take to read. Um, so I would say browse the stores that we have on Kobo and kind of see what the pricing is, like see what a six hour audiobook price is versus, um, you know, your book that you're uploading. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it would be as simple as your book is this many hours long and it's priced this way. But unfortunately, like it's a little bit more nuanced. Um, mm-hmm. So I would definitely have a browse around and have a browse around in the different currencies, too. Okay, so turning um, to then selling the audiobooks, um, one cheeky question and then um, a, more, a broader question. So is Kobo going to have a promotions like tab thing um, in the same way that you do for uh, like your ebooks now but specifically for audiobooks? So that's 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 the part A. And then and then the part B is, how can we sell more audiobooks on Kobo? Um, so yes is the first answer that is on our wish list. Um, I don't know when it'll be, but yes, we're hoping to integrate it into the promo tab so it can just be like really easily accessible to authors. And um, that promo tab is so popular. So yeah, we definitely want to make it available there. Um, but in the meantime, what we are doing is uh, we just have a mailing list for promotions. Um, so if you're interested in being added to this and receiving emails of when we are doing different promos, um, just shoot the team an email at writinglifeatkobo.com and just say audio mailing list and we'll make sure to add you. We're just a very small team. So uh, there's just a few of us in working on them. And uh, yeah, we have a number of promotions in the work. Um, so last year was kind of our experimentation year in, you know, what's working with audio. Um, it really is different to how you promote an ebook per se. Um, so one thing that we actually did do is that we had uh, a buy more, save more. So that's sort of, um, it's what we call those promotions that are, you know, if you buy, buy three, I was going to say buy three books and get two, buy two books and get three, oh God, I'm saying it wrong now, get three books for the price of two. Um, and you know or buy one get one free stuff like that um we did one of those with um, a big multi-author um audio promotion and our creative team actually made us um social sharing creative images um so we were able to give them to the authors and they could like put their uh, book title uh, their book covers in this and then share them online and really like um drive the promotion to their readers so um that was the first time that we've done that with uh, like integrating creative uh, and that worked really, really well. So we're definitely going to try and do that again in the future. Um, and one thing that is kind of interesting is that audiobooks kind of, um, they sell with mood in mind more so than ebooks. 
So people like to do things while they listen to audiobooks, you know, um, they like to cook, walk, um, you know, you know, get your your walk around the block here or something. So in terms of marketing, um, we have a number of lists on Kobo of like, you know, these are the best audiobooks to fall asleep to or to exercise to or to do X, Y or Z to. Um, so if you browse these lists and think to yourself, like, man, my audiobook would be really good at that, like, let us know, because we update those all the time. Um, and then we also have the different genre ones as well, you know, kind of like for fans of XYZ. Um, so yeah, we're happy to add people to those lists. But yeah, it's just kind of showing the the difference in in how we're marketing audiobooks than ebooks. I find that deeply fascinating, because um, I, I mean, obviously, like, I have not published my audiobook yet, but I am not far away from doing that. And um, I had hadn't even considered the fact that mood marketing uh, might be the way way to go with it. And I think that's so interesting because, of course, that's exactly what I do. I cook the majority of the time when I'm listening to an audiobook, or if I'm not cooking, I'm walking. Um, to pick my son up or, or walking away from having dropped him at school so if, like that I mean genius genius I love that I love <laughs> learning something new um, yeah, yeah I think that's like fantastic my, my um my apartment is never as clean as when I have an excellent audiobook on you know I'm like trying to find things that I can just like work on <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. I'm like when like when you're hoovering, you sort of hoover faster in the most exciting bit of the story. <laughs> exactly. Probably makes it like a better. You're like really scrubbing. Yeah, yeah. Best audiobooks to hoover to, best audiobooks to clean your bath to. Brilliant. I love it. Um have you seen authors like making any uh, like schoolboy errors or mistakes with um, either marketing or, you know, I guess creating or di- distributing uh, their audiobooks through uh, Kobo? Um, not like mistakes per se, I guess, like learnings that we've kind of seen. Um, definitely like making sure that you're linking to Kobo. Um, that sort of seems like an obvious one, but sometimes can be overlooked, especially if you're um, an independent author that's publishing on several different retailers. Um, so just making sure that people know that your books are there and letting them know that your audiobooks are on Kobo. Um, one key feature as well is just letting them know that the Kobo app is free to download. Um, you know, people might not be sure how they can like listen to the audiobook and like, is it complicated? And no, it's like super simple. Um, so that would be definitely something that I would advise. Um, like I mentioned with the metadata, making sure that that's absolutely um, priced, uh, not priced, uh, that the metadata is really clean and um, linking your books together really well. Um, and speaking of pricing, I guess, um, something that we definitely um, recommend authors do is to set the price in all of the currencies that are available. Um, we give you 16 currencies for a reason. Um, Kobo has a presence all over the world. And I think it was um, Joanna Penn just shared that she's sold books in 160 countries uh, through Kobo. So um, it's really important to make sure that you're setting the price in those areas. Um, so like trying to hit up at least your main one. So at least your Canadian, um, your US, um, your Great British Pounds, your Euro, Australia, New Zealand, et cetera. Um, and then if you're publishing in different languages to keep in mind, um, so say if you publish in French for some reason, uh, for some reasons, <laughs> say if you publish in French, 
um, that you're setting your euro price, but then you're also setting your Canadian dollar price to hit your Quebecois readers, and that you're also setting your Swiss franc um, price to like hit, hit your different readers there. And you know the same goes with like um, Spanish readers, etc. That you're setting your kind of Mexican um, pricing as well. Um, so I would definitely make sure that you're taking advantage of that. Um, and then one thing kind of like tip wise um, that people might not realize because we just added this recently um, is that we now have an option where you can upload a sample. Um, so previously to that, um, I think we either weren't displaying samples or we were just pulling the first five minutes. Um, and the, the first five minutes of an audiobook is not very interesting. It's narrated by this is chapter one. And it's just like giving you like the basics of your, your table of content. So I would definitely, you know, think about the sample that you want to upload and obviously not something that's going to give away anything if you, in your plot, but is it like a really exciting part of your story? If it's a fiction book, if it's nonfiction, is it kind of maybe your introduction? Is it a good part of your introduction that gives a summary of like what this book is about? Um, so that would be something to kind of um, just really think about your sample um, um, for your audiobook because that's what um, customers can listen to and kind of decide if they want to purchase. Yeah, I hadn't even uh, thought about that, but um, I'm going to have to go away and think about it as I'm uh, as I'm as yeah. I'm uh, narrating. Sorry, I'm giggling because I remember putting a snippet on Instagram the other day because I made like a silly voice in one part of it, and I'm like, maybe I should not choose that section because it's a uh, it's a uh, anyway. I'll explain off air, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway. <laughs> Oh, your your sample if it's non-fiction as well and like you know your sample could just be like hey this is my book I want to tell you about it you know it doesn't actually necessarily have to be part of the book you know okay. you could be creative interesting interesting you could, you could look at it as like a podcast but it's it's your book yeah that is interesting Ooh, might have to experiment there um Okay, so talking a little bit more generally about Kobo um, and getting sales on Kobo, what is working well in, in 2021 and like in terms of marketing tactics? And is there anything uh, that you're seeing fading and not working so well in terms of selling books uh, and audiobooks, but, you know, in general selling on Kobo? Sure. Um, one thing that just I, I noticed recently, I've been doing a lot of um, kind of um, analysis of like 2020 and uh, looking kind of back to see how things went, especially as it's kind of been such a, a good year for reading and seeing the different trends. And one thing that really surprised me as still going strong in terms of marketing was the free first in series. Um, it's kind of amazing to be able to see the read through that people get with that first free book. Um, and a lot of publishers still are terrified of free. Um, indies are much more likely to innovate uh, and take advantage of this and they do. Um, I think it really, really is something to consider. Um, we have a free page that we curate on Kobo with just Kobo Writing Life titles, and that's updated on a weekly basis. Um, it can be found on in the promo tab. So if you have a free book, and it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to have a partner free. I think that's also um, a misconception is that some people think that it has to be kind of always free, um, but it can be just for a certain period of time. But if it's your first book um, and your series is long, um, it's a really, really valuable marketing tool. Um, and I would say also to just constantly take advantage of the promotions tab that we have. Um, we update it on um, a weekly-ish basis. Um, so kind of, I would maybe just set a reminder for yourself to check in once a month, uh, if not more often, um, and just to see what we have that's available because um, there's just a bunch of different promos that we can offer and uh, different readers that we're gonna try and um, hit. 
Um, some of the promotions are um, price drop promos, which I know can kind of be less appealing because you have to worry about the price matching and, and it can be quite difficult when you're navigating all of these different retailers. But we do try and balance those with um, promo code percentage drops. So um, the um, discount happening at the checkout so that you don't actually have to worry about changing anything on your book yourself. So I would definitely say, um, yeah, have a have a look at that and um, take advantage of the promotions that are there. Um, and then one thing I want to talk about a little bit is um, Kobo Plus, Kobo's subscription platform. So that's definitely something, um, and I'm sure like everyone listening is consuming media in some sort of subscriptive form, um, whether it's like Spotify or Netflix or your um, audiobook subscription. Um, so Kobo Plus is um, our all-you-can-eat platform for eBooks, um, and it's available in Canada, the Netherlands, and Belgium just so far. Um, and it really is um, interesting because it's a different audience. So it's kind of, um, uh, you're reaching people that want to binge books um, that aren't the same reader that's going to like download your book and take it to their e-reader and sit down and, and you know, kind of plan to spend the time with it. And um, we're, we're hitting up the binge readers uh, much better, like kind of giving them all they want. Um, so I would take advantage of putting your books in there. It's not exclusive at all. Um, you can uh, remove your books whenever you like. Um, you have the choice of choosing the region as well. So if you didn't want to put into the Canada and just the Netherlands, um, we try and give the authors as much control as possible. Um, but in terms of just uh, Kobo, um, we're definitely focusing on rolling out this um, in different areas. Um, so I would keep an eye on that on our social and things like that. So um, there's definitely marketing that you can do in terms of like Kobo Plus um, and things like that. And then one last tip that I have, um, actually I have two more. Uh, one is um, a takeaway that we, we don't really understand why, um, but uh, box sets do really, really well on Kobo. Um, our readers really like them. Um, we don't have a higher price cap um, for eBooks. So if your box set is priced over $9.99, you're still gonna get 70%. Um, you can also create audiobook box sets. You know, We have quite a large upload limit. And um, so that's definitely something to consider um, getting, uh, you know, like creating bundles uh, maybe it's like a duo of box sets or something like that um we do several box set promotions in the promo tab um so those are really really popular with our readers um and as always um we find that um if an author has a bookbub feature deal De kobo definitely does well from bookbubs being directed to us so what I would say is to let us know when you do have these and we'll try and see what we can do to highlight your, your book as well, uh, because we wanted to kind of jump on um, the traction that you're already getting from that email going out. So, um, yeah, those are just a couple of a couple of things. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. I've, I'm still scribbling notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited because um, I am finally going to have more books uh, in a series. So I'll be able to do um, many more different types of uh, promotion. So I, I think I'm going to be having my third and fourth, like two months, a month apart. So I'm then going to do perma free, which I've never done. And it does kind of sting like a little mm -hmm. bit, like all that time I spent writing that book. But um no, I mean, I, you know, long term mindset. And uh, I know that hopefully, uh, well, I know I will get read through because I know what the read through is so far. But um, 
yeah, I'm excited and uh, to especially yeah. to capitalize on all of the uh, promos. So I'm like desperately and trying to finish the editing on this third and fourth book. Yeah. And what made you decide to go perma-free instead of just like having it for like a month um, or something, you know? Because what I'm going to do is for a year, I'm going to like apply to different uh, newsletter promotions like one a week just trying to keep so I keep steady traction on it mm-hmm. um to see what I can get uh like with the read through um I mean I don't know I maybe I'll do it for six months and then I'll stop or I'll do it for three months and then if the if it dies then I'll, I'll yeah. take the perma free off um but I know that I don't want to do it for like just a week I want to mm-hmm. see if I can get it you want like to try and get it to those people yeah 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 um, because there's only one more book after I've published the third and fourth one there's only one more so um, if I can keep it going until I can get this last book in the series um, I don't know hopefully I'll get like some read through I don't know we'll see I, I say this and then maybe I'll change my <laughs> no, mind that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes I'll, I'll keep an eye on your books when I'm when I'm looking through stuff <laughs> oh thank you um all right my favorite question this is the rebel author podcast so tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel so this is kind of the perfect question because i'm from cork in ireland and cork is known as the rebel county it's our nickname <gasps> no, um, so that, that is amazing it's, it's yeah yeah it's a long history of just sort of uh just constant uh kind of independence fighting through cork but it goes through to a lot of sports now so um if cork are playing um gaelic sports like hurling or gaelic football or anything it's um you're always shouting come on the rebels like that's what you're screaming when you're watching games um so yeah that's that's what i would say i I always unleash my inner rebel because i am from the rebel county Oh my goodness me, that is amazing. And you know what? I have visited Cork and I did not know this. Mind you, I was like 12 when I went. So like, I I forgive myself for not knowing this historical fact. Um, But yeah, that is fantastic. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love, I love that. You are literally a born rebel in that case. Like it is in your genes. We like Um, to think so. And it's it's also like a joke in Ireland too, because um, Cork is the largest county, but it is not the capital. Um, it's the second most populous city um, so they're sort of uh, we're kind of the butt of the joke that Cork loves talking about how great Cork is um, so yeah no I'm happy I'm happy to talk about Cork being the rebel county um, and everyone else in Ireland is just rolling their eyes <laughs> yeah oh no I love it well I'm not I think this is fantastic um, okay so uh, where can everyone find out more about Kobo about um, like the audio uh, with Kobo and uh, I guess any other uh, places that you would like to direct pe- listeners to sure um, to log into our platform or to create an account you can go to and kobo.com slash writing life um you can find us on all of the social platforms um except tiktok we actually haven't embraced that one yet but we're on um instagram facebook twitter etc um if you'd like to send us an email you can email us at writinglife at kobo.com um and then we also have our weekly podcast the kobo writing life podcast where you can kind of get any uh tips and tricks and um we often post a lot of kobo news there so um, anytime that we have new products or anything like that we we like to go a little bit in depth with the people that created them oh fantastic thank you so much for your time today 
Thank you, Sasha. This is great. It was so much fun. And of course, a big thank you to all of the show's listeners and thank you to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. And that's Sasha with a C and not an S. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Tara Kremen, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next week, I'm going to be joined by Amy Mertz, and we're going to be talking all about story brand and how you can use story brand to help you sell more books. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.